And everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. As they travel past the 600 metre mark, stars don't rust. She gave it a breather up front and's kicked away again. A length and a half clear now. Taraki is tracking up behind Stars Don't Rust. It's got to the outside and got to the lead. They're followed by He's Home. Poetic Heart, so impressive as well back. They're followed by Dilius and Springthorpe. As they come towards the home turn, they straighten up in the Emerald Cup for 2022. On the outside is Taraki, a half length in front of Stars Don't Rust. Dilius is along the inside to third and giving chase. It's Taraki in front, trying hard. Stars Don't Rust. Dilius is on the inside. It's Taraki in front. Dilius is trying hard. Taraki in front. Got the money. Won the Emerald Cup. Big Dilius. Third stars don't rust. Then he's home. Poetic heart roughing it. Springthorpe. The Emerald Service at an Emerald Cup for 2022, as Scott Power said in the call, and Taraki saluting for apprentice Sarah Robbins and trainer Graham Green as we welcome you to Bushby for another week on Radio Tab, wrapping up all of the country racing news from the week. We lost a couple of meetings on the weekend with the wet weather across Queensland. No racing at the Nanga, no racing at Innisfail. Chinchilla off today. We'll update you on what's happening with some transfer of meetings around the place. But we did have some great action along with the Emerald Cup. It was the Battle of the Bush qualifier at Pioneer Park. They also had a qualifier at Home Hill on Burdekin Cup Day there and we had a leg of the Outback Racing Showcase Series that started at Aramac, was transferred to Longreach and ended up being raced on the grass at Park Alden. We've got a lot of news to get through on the show today and it's always helping us out with that news is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. How are you today, Tony? I'm well. How are you doing? Yeah, going well out here in Longreach. A little bit cooler and uh, great to hear Scotty Power with that uh, feature result there out of Emerald uh, with the Emerald Cup Open Handicap over the 16-15, Tony. In fact, the meeting featured the uh, the two features events with the Battle of the Bush qualifier. Um, and that, that track uh, and the conditions seem to suggest the track was pretty heavy as we say good morning to Scott Power and... Uh, Scotty, was that a fair assessment, that the track was pretty difficult for some of those runners on the weekend? Yes, it, it came up as a heavy eight after the first event. Robbie, good morning to you, good morning, Tone, and good morning, everyone. Um, some of the horses obviously did handle it, and some didn't, mate, as we see with the margins, etc. But, uh, gee, it was uh, there was no kickback, um, you know, and, and the track had good coverage of grass. They had the big uh, lot of rain uh, the week before, and they had that uh, little bit of rain during the week as well, so... Um, yeah, it, it fared out okay, mate. Some horses, as I said, they did handle it and some didn't like it whatsoever. Yeah, often explains those bigger margins you see in the results, so you can probably ignore the run of some of these uh, horses. But uh, this is a feature win for young Sarah Robbins uh, and Graham Green and, and uh, a few uh, outsiders in the field getting up in the uh, Emerald Cup with Dalius also at $21. So Sarah Robbins would be pretty uh, excited getting a feature cup win with the Emerald Cup. Yeah, I, I got to speak to Sarah after the race. She was tickled pink. Of course, she's the, the partner of uh, Luke Miller. Uh, Luke also rode at the meeting. But uh, Taraki raced by Ronnie and Bev White and Maureen Olive. They're great supporters of, of racing in general, and in particular, Robbie, the, the March sale down at the Gold Coast. I think this could have been one that was purchased down there, Taraki. And uh, Graham Green, I did talk to Graham after the race, and he said that uh, she's probably near the end of her racing career and looking for the breeding barn, but... Uh, gee, it was great to see. Sarah gave it every possible chance, of course, uh, with that pace on early, and, and Taraki wasn't all that well to begin, but uh, she just let it find its rhythm and tracked up in behind them and went to the lead when they straightened up. And Dilius, of course, 
the wet track did suit Dilius because it, it likes it a lot further than the 1600 Dilius. But with the way that the heavy track was, uh, it suggested that uh, it just battled through at the end and it was, was pegging ground back, uh, finishing in the second spot now, trained by Billy Trimble. And stars don't rust uh, for Tash Tram- Chambers and, and Ian Shaw um, finishing in third spot. But Dil- Dilius was ridden by Adam Spinks. And uh, as I said, yeah, congratulations to Sarah Robbins. Uh, she rode it to a nicety. And, uh, of course, Graham Green, it really comes out this way. But, yeah, good uh, good to see them win the Emerald Cup, uh, sponsored by the Emerald Service Centre for 2022. Rob, isn't it great to see uh, yet another lady added to our jockey ranks? We've had a, a couple come through and shine in the last couple of months. Uh, we're going to talk about Kelsey Lenton as we roll through on the show this morning. We spoke with Shay Nielsen on Bushbeat last week. And wonderful to see the, the jockey ranks, uh, can I say, rather than thinning out, they're thicking out, they're filling out uh, and adding to our, our ranks in the country areas. He's gone. We've we lost Scott. Oh, you're still there? Yeah, got you. Yeah, mate, yeah, it's great to see, um, you know, especially like with Sarah. I think that's her first day of riding at the Emerald Track. Um, and as you said, there's going to be a lot more come through the ranks. Some of the meetings you see, as you mentioned, Tone, there's, um, you know, nearly a full field of the, the lady riders that are, that are taking their place in the field. Ta- Scott, uh, Rob's back with us. Right. It was Rob- me that was dropping out. <laughs> Uh, Scott, well, one one jockey that has ventured there before and uh, double on the day for Clinton Taylor and uh, Justin Stam- Stanley, uh, an enviable com- uh, combination, and both uh, winners were favourites. Yes, um, I'm Magic. Uh, won the cutest maiden plate. Uh, that was the first leg of the, the double for that combination. Of course, they're a formidable combination. Um, I'm Magic was formerly trained by Tony and Matty Sears at Toowoomba, and, and that was the first start for the Clinton Taylor stable, bringing it out to Emerald. Uh, small maiden field to get an easy kill and get some cutest money for the connections and and Justice Stanley rode it to perfection. Uh, got the money defeated Cajun Lady for Johnny Rudd and trained by Scotty Rogers of Roma and Lady Shellac for Adam Sewell and Damien Rideout winding up in third spot. But yeah, the first leg of the double for um, the Stanley and Taylor combination because they teamed up in race number four. Uh, that was a Class B handicap over this 1280 uh, sponsored by Springshaw Rural and Attacker Beal. And um, I spoke to Clint Taylor after the race. He said. Uh, lost the rider at Wondai and probably should have won that day. And, and Juddo was of the same opinion. Um, was able to get the money uh, and defeat Stays on Tour, who was very, very brave. Uh, did a lot of the work up front, Stays on Tour, trained by Wayne Baker, ridden by Jason Misson, and was just edged out by Attacker Beal. And Thunder was a fairly good run because it came from back in the field for Luke Miller and Glenda Bell to wind up in third spot. But, yeah, no, uh, races three to four, three and four, going to the Justice Stanley and Clint Taylor combination. Yep, and Attacker Beal, that's a pretty good form line because stays on two as a maiden winner at Bar Calden last start and Prunda, a 1,600-metre uh, winner at Emerald two starts ago. But one horse that is in form was Strathbogie Land for Shane Sigbert and Adam Sewell because they'd had a win at Yapoon last run and took your benchmark 55. Yeah, its soft track form stood up too, didn't it? Because it won on the soft track at Yapoon. Uh, that was over the 9.50 to break its maiden status and then and then backed up again, drew the inside gate and uh, Sue was on a mission, got it straight to the lead and uh, Strathbogie Lamb was able to land the money for the Sigbart stable and, and congratulations to them. Uh, was too good for all native for Luke Miller and Glenda Bell and winding up in third spot was Corumban uh, for Wayne Baker and Sarah Robbins. That was a fairly good run because uh, it did a lot of the work up front as well and uh, Corumba was able to battle on to finish in third spot. But, yeah, only a half length and a nose the margin. But, yeah, no, it was a good win to Strathbogie Land. And I dare say he may look at the provincials now, Sigvart, with 
with that horse and uh, yeah with two wins on the trot congratulations to the connections we've worked backwards in the race book from race five back all the way to the start of the day and it all started off with the battle of the bush emerald qualifier they're highballing up front as they come towards the 400 and Awanichi went alongside Lieutenant to go to the lead before the bend and got to in front they're followed by Fully Maxed, Beware is trying hard, Mason's Chance and High Harry to the outside, straightening up they come down past the 150 it's the local Awanichi clear Hambling goes full bore, he's out by three to four lengths, High Harry's trying hard in second spot but no avail and Awanichi bolts in wins the Battle of the Bush qualified here by five lengths Good go second and third. Beware, Mason's Chance, High Harry, then Lieutenant, fully Max. well back in the field was Era Cobra, Piracy and Kravitz last of all. Roberts, uh, some familiar faces and familiar names uh, in the uh, Battle of the Bush qualifiers already. Awanichi qualifying there at Emerald on Saturday. Yes, of course, he's got the proven record, hasn't he? Uh, being third in the Battle of the Bush final uh, behind rather salubrious Scott and uh, great call as always, mate. And... Um, He's really, he really came to the fore on the weekend there. Um, he'd been second behind, uh, third behind Jarhead uh, in the long reach. We are having some drama. Are you back there? I keep getting these calls at the wrong time. Uh, put your phone on hold. Uh, am I still connected, Tony? <laughs> we've got you. We've got you. Now we've got you, Rob. Scotty, take us through the uh, back. the qualifier while we try and sort out Rob's line. Yeah, like it was a, it was a very good win time because Awanichi drew wide on the track and and it was second up from a spell, um, sort of carrying some big weights and got into that open plate with sixty and a half kilos and with Paul Hamblin, uh, the heavyweight rider and a very experienced rider on board, was able to get him out of the stalls and was sitting outside the speed in the early part of the race. Lieutenant set the speed, beware was on the inside and then. Yeah, he really got to work on Awanichi. He cruised up them on the corner, uh, was able to get away to a good lead when they straightened up. Um, gee, he won well. I, I like the way he did win because I know Raymond Williams gave him a little bit of a let-up. Uh, that was back from March until now. So he had the first up run at Longreach. Now second up, he's qualified. He'll have probably one more run. Uh, watch for him in the final of the Battle of the Bush for 2022 once again, mate. Well summed up, Scotty. He's a horse to uh, a watch and always great to get your opinions here this morning on Bushbeat. Yes, for sure, Robbie. And, you know, I've got a big opinion of the horse and uh, we've seen what he did last year, finishing third, Craig Williams in the saddle uh, behind uh, Rather Salubrious and, and Belanti. Um, of course, Belanti and Awanichi fought out the heat in Emerald, didn't they, last year? So um, there's a big form on there. I, I like the run of um, High Harry. Uh, sort of got back in the field and and did run home fairly well. Beware battle on nicely to grab second spot, but but Dara and uh, a different race, weren't they? Awanichi was simply in a race of his own. And congratulations to Raymond Williams, uh, ridden to perfection by Paul Hamblin and raced by Mickey Calvert. They've got their ticket booked, and uh, I'm pretty sure um, that they're going to be pretty keen to get down there for that final day on Tats Tiara Day. Beware was a good run. They had Adam Spinks and Wayne Baker. And uh, third spot, Hi Harry for Justin Stanley and Christy Clark Peoples. But, yeah, no, full credit to the winner, Awanichi. What's coming up next for you, Scott? Um, I've got a little bit of a break now, Tone. Um, my next meeting will po possibly be at Claremont on the 2nd of July. Uh, we then race at um, Emerald. I think it's uh, three weeks after that. But, Thank you. yeah, pretty quiet. And then into August, mate, we get a couple of meetings there at, at Dingo and Bluff. And, and then we've got Springshaw. And then um, I'll trek up to Twin Hills, I think. And I'm, I may be even uh, trekking down to Toowoomba. Um, we're just going to touch base with Anthony Collins Um uh, on that uh, race callers day in in September as well. So yeah, a little bit on, mate. And um, 
Yeah, I'll have a fair bit of time on me up my sleeve after the 3rd of July. Oh, I'm sure we're going to uh, catch you at a racetrack very soon, even if you're not going to be working. Somehow, uh, you do manage to find yourself somehow at a racetrack. No, I'll do my best, mate. And <laughs> Good on you, Scotty. No. Catch up soon. Hey, great. great to talk to you, boys. Good morning, everyone. Scott Power there, looking back at the Emerald program on the weekend. Uh, Rob, we had the chance last week to catch up with a couple of the trainers who have qualified their horses for the Battle of the Bush for 2022. And we're going to do that again this morning. We'll look at the home hill heat very soon. But we continue to follow up on the Arwenichi story this morning. Yes, we do. And uh, I think it's important, Tony, for our listeners to be able to get an assessment and a profile of these horses as we lead into the final day. So there's no excuse, really, is there? With our coverage and, of course, the uh, the non-TAB video coverage of all these heats now, you can really study the form. And no better way to do it, I don't think, than to bring on the, the trainers involved. And we have Raymond Williams with us this morning. Uh, congratulations, Raymond. With the win of Arwanichi, you must be feeling pretty confident going to the uh, Battle of the Bush final because you've got a proven horse having run third behind Rather Salubrious, second in the country stampede. He's got to be right up in the market, doesn't he? Yeah, you'd think so, Rob. Yeah, he won pretty well on Saturday. Um, track was pretty heavy too, so the time wasn't very generous, but... He won. Um, he won extremely well. Yeah. Soft tracks obviously don't really worry the horse. I think he's won on a heavy, so you've got that base covered, and you've got him in the right form. I think Raymond. He's a win in three placings. His last four has. Has there been any change to the preparation? Given uh, you would have already had, you know, the five non-TAB runs well and truly covered because you went through the path of the country stampede. Have you been able to plot the course a bit differently? Yeah. The last last year he sort of he was on his way down when he went to Brisbane, um, you know, in his campaign he was sort of ha- over halfway. So this year we're on our way up. He's only had two runs back in, so he'll probably have one more, I guess, before we go down for the final. So yeah, he'll be fresh and ready to go with a bit of luck. Eleven hundred metres on Saturday steps out to the twelve hundred in the final Eagle Farm. Um, is there any question marks you put on him in that last hundred, or is it just the the manner in which you well hopefully get a good barrier draw and then the manner in which he's ridden? Um, yeah, if he's rode quiet, um, we're sort of going to head further afield this year. We're going to look to go to Cleveland Bay in the new market and that over thirteen hundred. So I think he sort of wants a bit further now. Um, he was an out-and-out sprinter when I first got him 12 months ago, but he seems to seems to want to sit off him and get home now. So, yeah, hopefully the 1,200 won't worry him at all. I don't think it will anyway, Rob. So, so no need for the count to 10 rule to the jockey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still got to count to 10. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't like going early. Um, Paulie probably went a little or got to the front a little earlier than I'd have liked on Saturday, but he said he pulled his way there. So um, as long as he's comfortable and pulls his way there, he seems to... Um, find the line, no troubles. But yeah, he sort of he does only have that short sprint, and then he bats. So you got to be a bit careful when they go on him. Yeah. And Raymond mentioning Paul Hamlin, I guess this is the uh, conundrum that all connections uh, find themselves in. Do you stay with the uh, the jockey that you've won the qualifier with, or do you then try and hunt down a, a Brisbane rider who's going to know Eagle Farm backwards? I think you're lucky. You've got both in Paul Hamlin. Yeah, um, Paulie qualified him for the Stampede, and we offered him the ride last year, and he. He wanted to ride hard stride. I think he rode in that. Um, and Ash Butler qualified him for the Battle of the Bush and he elected to ride Blante. So we always offered him the ride, the people that actually qualify him. And um, both times so far, they've jumped off. So, yeah. So we ended up with Craig Williams and in the Battle of the Bush last year, which I don't think anything was lost there, that's for sure. But, no, we try and keep the jockeys on him that qualify him. But, 
Yeah. So hopefully Paulie will stick with him this year. Yeah, a bit of a trend there and sounds very promising, as you say, with your plan for um, further distance races that, uh, you know, no doubt about the 1,200. But um, I'm really interested in people's opinions um, with the Battle of the Bush now too because the, the beauty of it now, now it's uh, well into its uh, what third year, I think, or fourth year, The with the country stampede only requiring the three qualifiers uh, to go to the country stampede, that helps you when it comes to the Battle of the Bush now, Raymond, that um, you can you can really make sure you don't have to cram these five in if you if you plotted the course well because you can use the country stampede uh, three of them beforehand and that's only got two to go for the Battle of the Bush. Do you see that as a good positive too? Definitely. Yeah, definitely a good positive. Um, the more, more races they put on for horses in the bush, you know, I think Queensland Racing is trying to improve the quality of horse in the bush and the more races like this they put on, it'll be, you know, it'll be definitely beneficial to them and to us. It's hard to go and pay a lot of money for horses when there's only, a, you know, one or two of these races a year. Um, but I think the more more of these we get, the easier it is for us to get into them. Um, I think you'll find people will start buying better quality horses in the bush, you know. Definitely, yeah. And the success of the Battle of the Bush is, is uh, proving that, isn't it? People are, are searching very early to get the good quality and, of course, they're having to pay for it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. People are targeting the race. There's no doubt about that. You know, Olivia Cairns, she took one to Home Hill on the weekend and, and bought one to Emerald, you know. Um, she won the inaugural one, I think, Olivia Cairns. Yes. So she's definitely... Amazing chance. Yeah, you know, they're, they're provincial trainers that, that target the country races. Um, and they got to do the hard yards to do it, just like the rest of us. So, yeah, it definitely puts a better quality horse in the bush, that's for sure. So Battle of the Bush headed in the right direction uh, for you, Raymond, and, of course, you've tasted success. Not quite that number one stall, but you're working up to it. Third in the Battle of the Bush, second in the country stampede. Well, it's a good omen going into uh, the final in June for you. Yeah, definitely. We draw a gate, we'll be thereabouts again, I'd hope. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. You know, the only the only sort of thing with the Battle of the Bush, I thought, you know, I'd like to see it turn into a set weight race or a, um, you know, or a weight for age. Just a, you know, it's hard to say you've got the best horse in the bush when you're racing in a handicap race. If it was a set weight race, that one way I suppose they could improve it. Um, you know, everyone goes around on equal weight, then you do find out who the best horse is. So we go around, we'll probably end up with 63 in the final this year and the horses in it with 56 and 57 makes it hard. But, you know, that's that's the way they, they do it, I suppose. But that's something they could look at in the future. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. They, they uh, not so much need to tinker with a change for change's sake, but if there's a way to be able to improve things along the way, uh, that yeah, sort of feedback yeah. is vital from the trainers. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I just, you know, that's just one way to, you know, that's, that's the whole idea of the concept is to find out what the best horse in the bush is. Um, it's one way to... Even it up a little bit, I suppose. Well, they've certainly been listening, I think, uh, and and looking at the success of it. Obviously, through the prize money now being a two hundred thousand dollar race, and uh, I'm sure it's here to stay. And uh, and all uh, all thoughts will be taken on board. But uh, congratulations again with Arwanichi, and we look forward to seeing you uh, in the final uh, come Tats Tiara Day. And uh, one of those other clues you're given, if Paul Hamlin stays on board, it may be the first time that a jockey stuck with him and you end up in the number one stall, Raymond. Be nice. Be very nice, yeah. No, I think Paulie, Paulie's keen to ride him. Um, he's going to come up and, and ride him in his next start. Um, you know, he, he said to me on Saturday when he got off, he was very impressed with the way he won and the way he pulled his way to the front. You know, 
well before the turn. Um, he was he rode him in Longreach the other day, first up on a track. You know he's never been on a dirt before, so he was a bit iffy. We're a bit iffy with him at Longreach, but um, we definitely come down with all guns blazing and it worked out. So exciting times ahead for sure. Thanks for joining us on on uh, Bushbeat this morning, Raymond. Thanks for having us, Rob. Thanks, mate. There's Raymond Williams after the uh, Emerald Battle of the Bush qualifier on the weekend taken out by Awanichi. Rob, we had the uh, the other qualifier at Home Hill on the weekend and as Raymond mentioned there, Olivia Cairns took one to Home Hill, one to, uh, to Emerald. Mason's Chance ended up finishing fourth in the Emerald qualifier but Olivia was successful with Amudi Bay in the Home Hill qualifier and she's with us on Bushbeat this morning as well. Yeah, good morning to you, uh, Olivia. A Moody Bay, uh, no stranger to going to finals, and you're no stranger to going, as we've just heard when talking to Raymond. Of course, you got the inaugural Battle of the Bush with Mason's Chance and a Moody Bay finishing fifth in the Country Cups final. You're on your way back uh, there again. Uh, there's been a little change of direction with a Moody Bay. Back to a sprint race now. Um, a, a, um, a definite plan you've had in place uh, for, for the Battle of the Bush? Um, yeah, morning, Rob. Yeah, um, it was it was always sort of in the back of our mind um, to you know have have a go at this race. I mean, he's sort of naturally more of a fourteen hundred mile horse, um, and he was probably a little bit unlucky last year in the Country Cups final. And then we we started him a week later down there, and, and you know, he's very unlucky again not to win. So anyway, we spelled him, and and he um, he's come back a, a lot bigger and stronger, and you know a lot better in the mind and. And when I um, gave him his first start at Eagle Farm this campaign, uh, he ran enormous, probably was unlucky again not to win, drew very wide and, and, and had a pretty wide run and got beat less than a length by Sir Warwick, who won the Fitzroy the other day. So, yeah, he, he's sort of come back big and strong and we looked at you know, taking it a bit more serious then that he, um, he might be a very suitable horse for the Battle of the Bush. Yeah, the form lines are there with what you just outlined, um, but also the fact that Rather Salubrious, which uh, went on to win the Country Cups over 1,600, took the Battle of the Bush. So do you possibly need that horse that uh, can stretch out to 14? I note that your guy is uh, 1,100 to 1,400 and three of the five wins at 1,100. It, it could be a case that uh, the ability to run that longer journey is really playing into um, the gelding's hands. Yeah, look, I, I think it, it sort of shows that he's, he's probably a you know, pretty classy animal. Anything that can win sort of from from 1,100 to a mile, you know, has got to have a little bit of class about them. But, you know, he's done it sort of in, in very good company. So, um, yeah, look, I think he's a pretty serious racehorse. Yeah, Mason's chance um, behind Arwanichi. How do you rate or compare? I know they're at different stages of their careers and Mason's chance already a proven winner with the Battle of the Bush. How do you line the two of them up? Oh, look, probably at this stage of the career, um, Amudi Bay, you know, would probably be the stronger horse. I mean, Mason is no slouch and you can never rule him out. He's been a terrific horse for us. And, and like you say, he won the inaugural Battle of the Bush and, and he's won plenty since then too. Um, it was a nice run the other day. He was first up. Um, he went into it a little bit underdone, so he'll improve on that. Um, it'd be really nice to, to see him in the final again. Um and I'd probably go down there confident with both of them if that happened. I've got to say one thing with Mason's Chance, uh, sorry, with a Moody Bay, you don't have to travel uh, far and wide. I remember with Mason's Chance, it was the last heat he came through and he had contested several heats all the way. So you're in a much better yeah. position this time with a Moody Bay. Yes, it's a nice feeling actually to know that you don't have to drive another 6,000 kilometres <laughs> to get him in. <laughs> um, you talking about... Look, I, 
they're talking I, about form lines. I, and this is no disrespect to the horses that finish behind you, but like the quality of the Emerald Heat uh, would suggest, you know, you've got High Harry third in a battle uh, in a Country Cups, Mason Chance and Augur winner. Fully Max was in the Battle of the Bush final last year. Um, the horses that finish behind you, uh, I know it was only half a length, but it was probably the manner in which a Moody Bay won suggests that the quality of the horse is there. But the ones that finish behind you, do you see great depth in that particular heat? No, not really, and no disrespect to them. Um, I thought it was a, a pretty sort of average sort of a field you know, for the quality that Amity Bay had been racing in. I mean, if you have a look at his, his three starts back, you know, they, were, they were pretty good grade. I mean, may, maybe not Sangul, but first up at Eagle Farm <clears throat> on the lead, got beat 0.6 at um, an illicit race at Flemington on the weekend, so that was the horse that beat him 0.9 first up. So that's pretty good form to take to, to Home Hill and... I know he only won by half a length, but it wasn't really a, a suitable run race, and you know, the track probably didn't suit him. It was just sort of class that that you know, got him over the line. I think the race at Emerald was a much stronger race, um, much better field. So yeah, probably a little bit of um, good in in Mason's run. I mean, he got he got beat a fair way, but um, like I say, he went into it pretty underdone, and he'll he'll improve on that. What do you do with Mason's now, Olivia? Uh, if you're still trying to get him qualified for Battle of the Bush. Uh, his next run will be at Bowen on the 4th of June in the qualifier there. Mm-hmm. And then um, so I suppose hope... if, he, if he doesn't collect, we'll have a go at Barcorden again, which is where he actually ended up getting into the race um, when, he, when he won the final. Yeah, history could repeat itself there. And uh, yeah, I tell you, we've had a couple of good leads this morning. Um, with Arwenichi and Amudi Bay, you, you have to see them up the top of the market, I think. But uh, I'll just note also that meeting, Olivia, you and yourself and Scott Sheargold combined well because Grey Zone was a great training achievement, got the cutest money, but it had run fourth at Rocky on Thursday, I remember, because they had a bet on it. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, look, uh, the main reason I took her was because um, there really wasn't a suitable, you know, cutest race for her coming up, and she'd pulled up well. I, Jason got off her at Rocky and... And I said, is she, you know, should I take it home, Hill? And he said, oh, mate, there's a bit of good in this. It'll win a provincial, um, it'll win a provincial cutest, mate. And we had a look and, yeah, nothing overly suitable. So we took a uh, bird in the hands better than none, hey? <laughs> oh, it's exactly right. And and uh, you've probably had uh, a little bit to do or seen enough of Kelsey Lenton. What a day for her up there at Home Hill. A double for explosive girl, Michael Whitehouse. And, of course... Uh, takes the Let's Talk, uh, the uh, Burdekin Cup with Let's Talk a Deal for Johnny Mansman. And I, I did watch that race and I thought, wow, she's made a mid-race move and it's really paid off. And uh, it was one of those ones where I suppose she, she stole the race uh, over Necessitas and Conquering Judas. Um, she, she's really uh, hitting her straps as well. Yeah, no, she's really good to see <clears throat> the young ones coming through. I would give her a great boost of confidence and... Um, you know, to take out a race like that so early in a career, um, I'm sure she's on top of the world. Most definitely. We thank you again this morning for coming on. Um, you you uh, certainly are a believer, I imagine, in, in Battle of the Bush. Um, it's here to stay and, uh, it's well, you've already picked up a win, but uh, good luck going down again. You may have two. You've definitely got one and you may be looking for your se- second Battle of the Bush winner. 
<laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us this morning, Olivia. Olivia Cairns there after uh, the win by uh, Amudi Bay at the Battle of the Bush Home Hill qualifier on the weekend. Rob, we did lose the Nanango heats on Saturday. That's now going to be raced this coming Sunday. Racing Queensland have been very proactive in uh, trying to ensure that these qualifiers do get shared around if they have been uh, lost with some of the ones that we have missed out on so far. Uh, for example, Burren Down, Bundaberg, Quilpie, Jandawi and uh, now Nanango all had to be uh, abandoned. Speaking of Quilpie, Sunday is going to be Quilpie Cup Day and that will feature their Battle of the Bush quali qualifier and the Nango will race on Sunday as well. But this coming Saturday, we've got two heats. The Chinchilla Tab program today uh, has been abandoned with the wet weather and state of the track there. We've now got a non-tab meeting coming up this Saturday that will feature a Battle of the Bush qualifier. Uh, also, this Saturday is a qualifier at Cloncurry. It's Tambo Cup Day on Saturday, and that is part of the Outback Racing Showcase series. And also racing on Saturday at Gladstone at Ferguson Park. And Mackay are racing with their tab program. It's Mackay Amateurs Cup Day coming up on Saturday. So a busy weekend on the way. I'm glad you've got all that organised. I was only wondering where are all the Battle of the Bush heats uh, going? <laughs> and as well, Tony, it, it's stretching out these um, meetings into eight race programs. Like, for example, at Home Hill, I didn't touch on the other winners there, but Sean Roy's had a win, and I'll mention later, she had a, a two-meeting win. She had a winner with Red Red Rose, and uh, Chris Parry had one with Norwegian Wood. And, of course, the other winner was um, you've called Charlie for Lillianne McCormick and Carl um, Spry. So the meetings themselves are, are getting great depth with, um, you know, eight, seven, eight uh, races on the program. We've got a, a busy weekend on the way, uh, as, as mentioned. Uh, we've still got a few meetings that we need to look back at. We'll check in on the Bark Alden program soon, but for right now, let's focus on Mount Isa. They come into the straight. It's Wicked Willie leading the way with the night train. The night train, Wicked Willie under the spotlight, and then outside, Bold Sam. It's the night train in front. Wicked Willie trying to get to him under the spotlight, and Bold Sam. The night train's kicked again. The night train out in front. They're trying to get to him, but the night train is steaming home and the night train gets the money he gets there bold sam was next then came under the spotlight followed by wicked willie and then at the tail was uh, what's wrong that was the club members and supporters benchmark 55 at mount Isa on saturday rob keith ballard and tanya parry combining there with the night train and it was a uh, the first leg of winning double for them and uh, jockey jason hubert also with a winning double on the day yeah, race to race double for Keith and Tanya. The night train, third run for the stable, a schnitzel, and uh, th three wins from 17. Now, that race to race double, the other one being Isis Turbo taking the cutest money, and uh, also Tanya had the runner-up in That's a Dream with the cutest money. Uh, that puts Tanya back in a share of the lead in the Queensland Country Trainer Premiership, both on 42, herself and Todd Austin, with Billy Johnson, 35, and John Mansman, uh, 22. And good to see... Uh, Keith Ballard, he's moved up to 19 on the uh, on the jockeys premiership uh, with that double, but uh, hoops. Jason Hoopert, a double on the day, fingertips, and that has a form line. There's another Mara Zara that's had a win. That has a form line uh, through to a horse at uh, Bar Calden that won as well. I'll mention shortly. It defeated Myola Million Deadly Diva in the benchmark 65, and then uh, Jason combined with Stephen Roy's uh, with Full of Fire. Of course, Stephen had I think the three uh, winners out there the previous meeting defeated Fabra and Lord Greystroke uh, and Jay Morris uh, Jeff Felix of course continuing to uh, do all the driving and he's sitting second on the jockeys premiership with 32 wins he had a win with Giga Star 
with uh, Jay Morris. Two wins, two placings, its last four. So Jay's got another good one in the stable there, a four-year-old by Exceed and Excel. Uh, defeated Tanya Parry's Riverside Blues and Gossiping Girl. Uh, but Keith Pal- Ballard and uh, Tanya Parry with their double. Jason uh, Hoopert with the double as well. And I just mentioned that jockey's premiership, Rick McMahon, who when we go to Bar Calden in a moment where he had another double, he shot to the lead on 39 points over Jeff Felix with 32. Brooke Richardson had a double at uh, Bar Calden. She's on 31. And Dan Ballard and on 29. It's all hotting up in the premierships, um, Tony. But some interesting uh, stories coming out of Bar Calden as well, where we featured, of course, uh, the Saunders Electrics Outback Racing Showcase uh, heat over the 1300. They sweep into the home turn and Ancient Echoes is trying to go from the get-go but up on the outside goes I want to be a Jeep with Fab's Cowboy coming along the rails. Wicked Wench joining in. Trump me looking for a run behind runners. Live and free surprise selection. Gypsy Biker widest. Ancient Echoes has a slender lead. Wicked Wench under the whip coming home strongly down the outside. Ancient Echoes ridden vigorously. Wicked Wench coming hard. Ancient Echoes. Ancient Echoes. A long neck. Wicked Wench. Trump me into third. I want to be a jeep into fourth fabs cowboy fifth and then we go back in the field to surprise ancient echoes taking out the saunas electrics outback racing showcase heat and rob we're four heats in so far bar called to mount isa mount isa bar calden uh this weekend as i mentioned we're at tambo then mount isa and longreach wrap it up on the 4th of june and uh it's still anybody's uh, as much as loud enough as one of both mount isa races and sits at the top of the table on 20 points uh places there to level eight in both those races 13 points but the other two heat winners at Bar called an Echo Point and then Ancient Echoes on the weekend, 10 points apiece. There's still plenty of points to be had at the, uh, the, the remaining three races there in the Outback Racing Showcase Series. And of course those heats being uh, varied around I suppose with the movement of tracks as you said in uh, the beginning this uh, meeting was at Aramac moved to Longreach and uh, to ensure we didn't lose a race meeting. It was at Bar Calden on the weekend. And I'll tell you what, Ancient Echoes looked the goods going out. Big, strong horse for Billy Johnson. Robbie Farr, he just jumped it beautifully and he wasn't giving up that lead and he rated it perfectly. Uh, very strong horse, this. It uh, defeated Fab's Cowboy back at Nanango, I think it was, or it might have been Thangul about four runs back. Uh, Wicked Wench on the way up. That was a good run as well. So um, Ancient Echoes goes in with some uh, very good um, form lines into that particular uh, final now if they decide to go that way of course but Tony you've got to say Rick McMahon really does set the standard in terms of the uh, riding out here and that's why he's at the top of that jockey's premiership but uh, look Star of O'Reilly won the open handicap this horse is not yet qualified for the final of the Battle of the Bush it's going to a heat possibly this weekend in Cloncurry if it wins a heat He's a horse that has to be beaten. You only had to be there on track on the weekend to see how good this horse looked. He carried 66 kilos. He won with ease. He was comfortable in the end. He defeated Zukaz by 3.5 lengths and Tycoon Zip into third. And Rick McMahon basically easing him down. Uh, he's going so well. Two wins in a second, his last three. I do hope he does get into the final because he just adds that extra dimension of strength uh, to the total race and uh, it would be a shame not to see him there. So uh, hopefully connections of Star of O'Reilly will be headed that way. But the other... Todd Austin winner, Halcyon House for Rick McMahon. Similar vein, part owned by Pam Carolyn and the Hands and Heels group, Carrot Power, uh, leads. Uh, this one's two from two now for the stable, and it, it won with ease as well over Senex Sight and Von Saga. But not to be outdone, Brooke Richardson just keeping Rick McMahon in her sights with the premiership. She had a double, both with Benny Waldron 
out of uh, Roma. And it was a race-to-race double. Firstly, with the helmet mare was met, uh, taking out the maiden plate over Typhoon Talea and Royo. And then secondly, uh, with Real Hussey in the Class B over set to fight for Toddy Austin and Rick McMahon and Red Zorro into third. So both of those jockeys, of course, associated with the Todd Austin stable, going extremely well. But there was a race there that was unique on the day because Sean Royce, she had a, uh, a two-track double. I mentioned Red Red Rose at Home Hill. Well, Del Bergia took out at big odds, and both of these horses were long in the market, uh, the ratings band 0 to 55 over 1,300. Young Tyler Leslight, win number three for this jockey, got up and held off Sizzle, Sun and Portobello. But, Tony, when you look at the form of this particular horse, I think I mentioned fingertips it was uh, one at Mount Isa. Well, I'm pretty sure uh, this horse had form lines through that runner uh, with Mount Isa form. But you go back to a Birdsville run behind Golden Athena, and uh, Golden Athena won at Birdsville, and this one, I think, ran third. Then it's gone into Townsville on the grass and run about fifth or sixth, but came from a long way back and wasn't far off the um, the winner that day. But Golden Athena, I note, went into that big cutest three-year-old race on Friday at, Mount I- uh, at Townsville, and uh, it finished pretty close up in fifth place. So when you looked at it, I, I remember when it was going out in the track, I'm thinking, boy, the form lines here aren't too too bad. And I reckon I could hear Sean Roy's uh, cheering from uh, up there in Home Hill. And the owners that were there on the day, they were really having a good day out. And good on them because Del Bergia really enjoyed getting back to the grass track. And it's just amazing how those form lines across so many different tracks uh, tended to link up on the day. And it produces a good roughy for the day. This was what happened in that uh, Northern Jewel, that big uh, cutest race on Friday. Down to the home turn, the Magic won a length the Yes Dream with about 400 to go. A length and a half away was Palencia followed by Tilly Secret and then came Fire King getting into the clear. Isis Camilla's out wider and Lord of Light's the widest runner. Yes Dream dashed away. 200 to go, shot about two or three lengths to Palencia in hot pursuit. Then came Fire King from Lord of Light but it's all Yes Dream about three in front. Fire King charging at the end, but yes, Dream unbeaten wins by a length and a half. Second, Fire King, and third home was Palencia, Lord of Light, fourth. Wait for him over a mile. The Northern Jewel cutest three year old 1500 metres won by Yes, Dream for Lacey Morrison and Michael Lee, defeating Fire King, Palencia, and Lord of Light. Golden Athena then running into fifth place. And the other feature there at Townsville last Friday was the uh, two year old classic prelude, and uh, this one's pretty smart. Round the corner, a mission estate, and go get a boy, straighten up a length and a half. Heroic boy, Lord Power, and refuel, and here's Missile Thunder starting to loom very quickly. They get to the 200 metre mark. Mission estate on the outside, go get a boy, Missile Thunder, and diving through Heroic Boy. Heroic Boy at the 100 in front. Missile Thunder's coming at him quickly, though. Oh, he's too good for them. Missile Thunder by three quarters from Heroic Boy, who had every chance. Third home refuel, then came Neverton from Mission Estate. Missile Thunder. For Rachel Shred and Roy Chalemi defeating Heroic Boy and Refuel in the uh, two year old classic prelude there at Townsville last Friday. And Rob, that's uh, uh, five from five now, undefeated so far for Headley Racing and, uh, and their associated owners. And that uh, smart missile gelding is pretty smart. Oh, Tony Wade summed it up beautifully and uh, 
Great advertisement, of course, for the cutest Martindale, Tony. I think it was about 32,500, that particular horse. And good on them. They've been concentrating on racing in uh, the North Queensland area, picking up that cutest money as they go. And that, yes, stream, that uh, dam of that uh, has had some pretty smart galloper. I think Ruby July, that's one in Brisbane, is also out of that uh, out of that line. So great to see those two feature races on the day, and as it was across the board with all the country racing. And, Tony, if uh, people have stories coming out of this week's meetings, uh, and we'll continue, of course, to feature with the Battle of the Bush uh, qualifier winners, uh, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. We'll be back with you next week on Bushbeat. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good luck to all of the clubs racing this week. As we mentioned, tab programs Friday at Rockhampton and Saturday at Mackay for the Amateurs' Cup. Battle of the Bush qualifiers on Saturday at Cloncurry and Chinchilla on Sunday at Quilpie and Manango. It's also Quilpie Cup Day coming up on Sunday. Uh, the other meetings this weekend, Gladstone Race on Saturday, Tambo Cup on Saturday as well as uh, part of the uh, Outback Racing Showcase Heat. And then on Sunday, the tab program at Cairns, the next heat of the up-and-coming Stayer Series. We've got a busy week ahead. Thank you to Raymond Williams, Scott Power and uh, Olivia Cairns as well as Rob Locke for joining us on Bushbeat this week. Have a great week, everyone. We'll catch you back next Tuesday on Radio Tab.